Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo with Stewardship and Mission of Faith and Happy Easter to everyone. And yes, it is still Easter, right? Even though the stores have uh, cleared their shelves, uh, we are we are a celebration faith, right, Tom and Tom? We're, yep. uh, we're still celebrating. So uh, uh, the crew here today is uh, from Stewardship Mission of Faith. So I'm with Tom Fertile and Tom DeAngelis. Uh, welcome, guys. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> I was just talking to my daughter, who's 11, and uh, you know, she was getting a little swayed by the, by the culture that, uh, you know, that Easter is over. I was like, come on, no. That's a beautiful thing about our faith. We get to celebrate for, for 50 days. Let's go. This is awesome. Uh, so happy Easter, everyone. Uh, for those of you who are, are uh, um, re- return listeners, welcome back. I appreciate you having the, uh, this, this time with us. And for those of you who are new, welcome to Reflections from the Heart. It's a gospel reflection. Very simply, it's, it's the gospel that we will hear this coming Sunday. Uh, we read that, and we just see what the Holy Spirit wants to say in our hearts. It's not a Bible study, but a gospel reflection, just to, to see how we can live the gospel each and every day. So thanks for being here. Uh, before we get started, Tom, if you can open us up with a prayer, I'd appreciate Please. it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we still bask in the glow, the miracle of Easter, the gift of your Son, his passion, his death, crucifixion, his resurrection, breaking open the gates, making eternal life available to all whom believe and put their trust in him. We could not ask for a more incredible gift. We ask that each one of us, Lord, be inspired to share that good news, to be like the early apostles, the early disciples, so excited about the fact that the Messiah had come. We ask that each one of us may be evangelizers, each one of us through our deeds and through our words may live out the faith and draw others to your Son. We ask this all in the one name that saves, the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Beautiful, Tom. Thank you. Tom, if you can share the gospel with us, please. Okay. Again, it's from John chapter 20, verse 19 to 31. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked, where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord Jesus. And Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the marks of the nails in his hands, 
and put my fingers into the nail marks and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. Now a week later, his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and bring your hand and put it into my side, and do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered and said, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that were not written in this book, but these signs are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through this belief you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. So I'm in the presence of a couple Toms, Thomases, uh, as we, uh, we hear your namesake being talked about. So... You know, I have a son, Thomas, and I know how, how I like to, to look at this part of Thomas's story. Any uh, any Thomas insights from uh, from a couple? Well, Thomas yeah, there? sure. First, I like to think that I'm named after Thomas Aquinas. You know, of course, <laughs> being a deep you know theologian and scholar. But I think probably the way my life has turned out, uh, or I, especially my early life, I think probably more along the lines of doubting Thomas. You know, but I think that's a it's a natural position many times. You know. Um, we say, well, you know, give me something, Lord, show me something. I, I need a little bit more. I'm, I'm wavering here, you know, and even, I, but we can take solace in Thomas because, I mean, Thomas was with Jesus. I mean, and he doubted. He saw him. I mean, he walked with him. He saw him, you know, walk on the water and feed the 5,000 and, and cure people who were ill and raise the dead. And, and, he, and he still doubted that Jesus could conquer death. So um, I try to be like Thomas Aquinas in my studying, um, but when things are going wrong in life and I'm losing faith, then I return to Thomas with those simple words, you know, my Lord and my God. Mm, I don't know where I'm going or where things are, but I trust who you are and, and things will be fine as long as I put my trust in you. Sometimes that's the best thing you can do. I remember as a kid growing up, you know, uh, when you're in, when you're in grade school, especially early grade school, you know, as soon you're sitting in class there, and back in those days, you know, there were, we had the nuns, and there might have been 50 kids in the classroom, and so you know, you, the reading comes on, and it's Thomas, and Thomas was, and so everybody turns and looks at you, you know, so you're you're, you're the guy, you know, you're the, man. but I remember this passage in particular because. Um, one of the sisters, you know, and they were such good role models for deep spirituality. They used to say, you know, when the priest holds the host up, and that was in the old days when he, you know, faced ad orientum, you know, it was, it wasn't, he wasn't facing us. So he, that would be the only time you would really see the host other than when it would, you know, you received it in communion. When he holds the host up, say, my Lord and my God. When he holds the chalice up, say, my Lord and my God. And so, and that's... I don't. I can't say I say that all the time, but it comes to me a lot at uh, you know at the consecration and the elevation in particular. So it's a great it's a great you know we often think he's called the doubting Thomas, but he also was the Thomas of great faith and great you know um, surrender when he realized he was wrong. You know, and the other the other thing, and this came up earlier in the week in the gospel reflection was. You know, for Thomas to have been with with Jesus and and these guys for you know for three years now, and you know they live in tight quarters and spend a lot of time with each other. And he saw the miracles and he saw this stuff happening, and I know it was it had to been disillusioning to ha- have Jesus be crucified and die and buried. 
But when he came back and they said, we've seen the Lord, you know, he's alive. And he said, I, I don't believe it. You know, and I lived with these guys for, you know, these 10 right. guys, you know, and all 10 of them were, were wrong. They're, you know, like I often wonder how, how pigheaded he must have been, you know, at the time <laughs> just to say, nope, I don't believe and I'm not going to. And then to and then to come out and put conditions on it, you know, like I'm not going to believe unless, you know, and just like when Jesus comes in at the beginning, he doesn't, he doesn't. I had to, I put myself in his position sometimes. I think if I came in here after people dissed me like that and they they ignored me and they walked away and 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 even disclaimed me at some point, he just walks in. He says, "Peace be with you," and he doesn't say he forgives them. He says, "You need to forgive other people. This is what you need to do." You know, and then Thomas comes in, he puts these conditions on. Jesus comes in, does the same thing. Peace be with you, you know. And then Thomas, come here, come here. He doesn't reprimand him. He doesn't correct him. He doesn't tell him a parable. He says, just put your, do do what you wanted to do. Put your hand in, you know, your, your finger in my, it's just such a beautiful thing when you think about it. it and we don't, we don't live up to that enough, you know. We don't strive for that enough. Jesus, you know, when he said, I thirst, he thirsts for us. To believe, right? Don't be unbelieving, but believe. So here, if if this is what it takes, yeah. here, come, put your fingers and your hands in the in the wounds. Uh, but it, 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 you mentioned my Lord, and my, both of you guys mentioned my Lord and my God. Thomas did his ministry in in India, and they say if you go to mass mm-hmm. in India, you can audibly hear at the elevation the congregation praying, "My Lord and my God." Yeah. So uh, I, I've I've tried to adopt that as well. Uh-huh. Uh, at mass, because uh, it's it's awesome you know, that Thomas well, he wasn't there. So if he wasn't there, these guys were locked in this room out of fear. Thomas wasn't there. What was he doing? Was he getting everybody lunch? Was he getting some provisions? <laughs> I mean, at least you know he's he's courageous Thomas as well as uh, yeah. you know doubting Thomas. So you know he was out and about. Um, so I th- I think that's that's pretty cool to, to to wonder what he was doing. Where was he? And then just that that. That surrender, my Lord and my God, you know, that he, he claimed Jesus, yeah. Lord and God. He's everything, right? So thank you, St. Thomas. You know, the, uh, it, it's interesting because I, I use the same, I use that phrase as well at communion, my Lord mm-hmm. and my God. So yeah. I don't know, we have a common theme here that we didn't know that, but uh, it, it does seem to be an effective uh, reminder and, and, fo- and focus point for me. It's a focus point. You know. But I was curious about your story, Tom, whether or not when, when your classmates looked at you, did you hold your slate tablet up to hide yourself? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So anyways. With the uh, one with the chalk <laughs> that we used the chalk on, yeah. Next to the abacus. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's right. right. That's right. Um, very good. We lose. We, we digress, though. Um, it's interesting, uh, you know, Rob, you had a point there about, like, they were all hiding, but where was Thomas? You know, he was out and about. So that's, 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 that's interesting. I wonder how much uh, it hit the apostles. You know, what, what struck me was, you know, peace be with you is great. We love that message. Peace be with you. Um, As the Father has sent me, so I send you. You know, now we talk about that. Well, you know, Jesus was sent to evangelize and to preach. We're sent to evangelize. But... They just witnessed the scourging and the death. And so as the Father sent me to this, <laughs> yeah. now I send you. Did it click? Yeah. Did anyone say, uh, can you clarify that a little bit? Yeah. You Which know? part of that? <laughs> Which, right, right. You know, but just in the midst of that. And I think sometimes, you know, we forget that too, that, you know, yes, we're sent in the same, along the same veins. We're sent to be, uh, you know, Jesus, Jesus within us, be Jesus to other people um, through word, through actions. Um, and yet as... The Father sent Jesus into you know, hostile territory, especially this day and age. We're out there in hostile territory. 
and we're going to we're going to take it on the chin and we're going to be you know persecuted and we're going to be challenged and we're going to be you know arsoned are going to be well you do that and hypocrite we're going to be called out i mean it's it's going to be uh, a struggle but the response of course modeled by jesus is accept it and say peace be with you and that's the hard part cuz i know in our you know in our culture christian versus you know non-christian or anti-christian people we want to fight. You know, that's our thing. Let's fight then. Fight. You want to argue? You want to... Let's go. Rather than <laughs> yeah. let's go back to peace. Let's go back mm-hmm. to modeling the behavior. Let's go back to being people of prayer. You know, I should... Be, I'm clenching my fists for battle when I probably should be folding my hands in prayer. Yes. You know, those types of things. So. That's beautiful, Tom. It makes me think of uh, an experience my daughter had last week. She was on a mission, uh, mission youth in Philadelphia. So she was there from Sunday, Palm Sunday, and we picked her up on Saturday. And stayed overnight in Philly and, and some of the most, you know, the sections that have the most need. And a uh, bunch of them got there on Saturday or on Sunday. The rest of them got there on Wednesday. At the peak, there was about 130 teenagers, high school teens with some college age young men and women, and then some adults mm-hmm. as chaperones, a group of priests and brothers. And um, they just did a week of prayer and service and evangelization to the point of door knocking. And uh, they did crosswalks. So they, they, each group had a had a cross, about four foot wide, six foot tall, and they carried this cross through the streets of Philadelphia. And as they were going from, you know, feeding the homeless in a shelter to an after school program, that mile or two miles, they walked with the cross and they stopped and talked to people, asked them their name, found out a little bit about them. Is there anything we can pray for? And by the end of their walk, they had nailed all those intentions to the cross. And you see, you know, the, you know, yellow and pink and orange, all these little, you know, sticky type notes all nailed to the cross. And they would bring that to mass and adoration at night and pray for people. And my, my daughter was telling me about it. I said, well, how was that? You know, did, did you get any doors slammed in your face? And she said, you know what, Dad? Even the people, at least that we encountered or that I encountered personally, she said, even if they didn't want prayer, you know, she said she had a couple of Muslim guys that she said, well, I'm Muslim, and, and, uh, you know, but I, I, I appreciate what you're doing. And then she was like, well, yeah, that's great. What's your name? You know, and then she would get their name. So, well, I'm, you know, whatever the name was, I'm going to pray for you tonight. So even if they at first said, I don't have anything specific <clears throat> that I that you can pray for, mm-hmm. and she would just just have a conversation, make a connection, get a name, and then you know, and then she wrote down you know whatever that name was, and and nailed his name to the cross. So, um, so as the Father sent Jesus, Jesus sent these 130 young missionaries into the streets of Philadelphia and just did some amazing things, helping people and, and, and bringing people to our Lord. They actually had adoration, and the, and the whole church was dark. They had candles from the altar all the way down the aisle, and then the teens would go out into the street with candles and would introduce themselves, tell people what they're doing, and say, here's a candle for you. Would you like to come and, and light this and, and bring it in? And they would be bringing people from the street into the church, kneeling in front of our Lord. You know, experiences like that, and, and it's particularly in, in the focus at being, you know, an outreach and service and evangelization, going out to people, because those things I don't think, we talk about a lot in the church, but I think the way to get that done is not as individuals going out. Certainly we have environments that we get into where we can be called to witness and that we're put in those circumstances, but 
to proactively do it and not just wait for when those situations come up. I think, you know, we don't take advantage of this of the group, you know, environment because that's where we support each other. We do, you know, we're learning to do that. I think for for reflections on the scriptures and, you know, for sharing and learning and, you know, um, and encouraging each other in that in that process of growing in our faith. But actually going out and doing it, I think it, it could work the same way, you know, groups like that. And that's a, that's a good example because then the diversity of the number of people there and the, and the leadership that's in, in place there to keep those things going, you know, develop those, those ways of doing it correctly that seem to work and seem to be most productive or seem to be most fruitful and also are most spiritually fruitful for the people that are doing them because that's another important part of it. We can evangelize and do it completely the wrong way. You know, to where it's self-serving, or you know, there's some pride that comes out of it, or something like that, or anger and frustration. <clears throat> but to do it and contain and and have the peace, you know. And it really struck me, Tom, when you were talking about when Jesus walked, you know, came into their presence here and said, you know, as the Father sent me, I also send you. And it's such a paradox to, for them to look at his risen body his glorified body and to be so excited that he's alive, that he's still here, and yet he still has the marks. He still has the, you know, this, the piercing in his side. And so he he carries the pain and struggle with him. So you're, you're right. It never even occurred to me. And that's that's such the value of these gospel reflections sometimes is it, you just get an aha. You get a, a brand new, like when they were looking at that and he says, this is what you got to do. You notice it kind of stops there, you know, like they, there's no response because it probably had to sink in. Like, this is what you're calling us to? Okay, the resurrection is great, you know, that you're alive, that there's, there's life after death and there's glory after death with you. But you still got those wounds, you know? Like, is that what I, is that what I have to do to get there, you know? that I have to go there? And of course, all the 10, you know, 10 of the 11 who were there did have to go through that, you know? He's, he's inviting them into a relationship with him through his wounds. You know, enter into a relationship with me, right. and, and he wants us to allow him into our wounds, and then we allow each other into our woundedness. And you know, my daughter shared one story about this guy, and they were all, they were late coming back from one of their one of their uh, assignments, and they were doing door knocking, and uh, and they see a group of young men on a porch. And they said, has anybody gone up and, and said hi to them? And they're like, no. So they went up. There's like four of them and, a, and a, an adult and a college chaperone. And they just started talking to these guys. And here it ended up being this, this man who owned this house. No sign, no nothing. And he would house up to eight people, eight men that are just in transition, whether it's you know from rehabbing from drugs or just being on the streets or you know out of a job. Just And he just did that. Like That was his own little personal thing. So... They talked to them. They shared what they were doing, uh, got everybody's names, and they just connected. They were on there for like on the porch for an hour, yeah. and they were opening up to you know the, these guys were opening up to these teens, and they were exposing some of their wounds to them, and uh, and they Grace invited them to the mass and adoration. So the conversation actually no then then that conversation ended, and this one guy mid twenties she said wasn't there, but showed up just to get an address. So he was connected with them and he was getting an address of another place that he was involved with that was helping him right. kind of go through some right. transitioning that he's in going on in his life. So Grace and her crew, my daughter and her crew weren't planning on stopping there. They were late, but they stopped anyway. This guy 
really wasn't there, but just needed to get an address. And then they met and they started talking to him. And then the conversation, as conversations do, kind of splits up. So it was my daughter ended up one-on-one with this guy, Alex. And um, he started saying, I haven't been to confession in years. And, and they just started talking about confession and how, you know, God's mercy, you know, especially with divine mercy yeah. coming up yeah. this Sunday, you know, God's mercy is available. You know, he, he you know, he'll forgive anything that you ask him to forgive. And he said, I don't even remember how to go. And he said, that's okay. The priest said they're with us. So all you have to do is just sit and show up and they'll, they'll guide you. And uh, I said, well, I have a meeting tonight. And, and, you know, so the invitation was there. So they leave, they go to mass and then Gracie's, John, the guy who owns the house with a couple of the guys, but Alex wasn't there. And she said, well, that's okay. You know, she's thinking to herself, you know, he, had a, he had a meeting. And then mass was over, adoration started, confessions were going on. And one of the, one of the boys, the teens that were in the group said, Grace, look who's in line. Grace turns around to the confession line. Alex was in line. So she just starts praying for him. He goes in, a half hour later comes out. Sees Grace, gives her a hug, and she, you know, she, she says, "You want to come up, you know, and stay in adoration for a little bit." And uh, they did, and and he stayed for like thirty, forty minutes. Yeah. And she's telling me the story on Easter Sunday after mass because uh, she was so tired from the week that she yeah. she slept in. So we ended up, you know, everybody went to early yeah. mass, and we had our our brunch, and then she, I, you know, I went with her to the twelve thirty mass, and she's just you know just two of us in the car, and she's sharing this story with me. And I was like, Grace, that is such a gift that you were able to be involved. In. And, and, and he's even, he, she said that he even said to her, I don't know why I'm telling you all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So back to, you know, your guys talking about the wounds, you know, just being there to listen, yeah. you know, not judging, just to listen. And they were there to, to listen, these, these, these teenage missionaries, and these guys are opening up to them and, and then from that, they, they had trust. You know, first it was trust, then they opened up, and then they trusted some more, and then they went. They accepted their invitation and went to mass. You know, one guy goes at her, to confession. Yeah. Yeah. After years, it's, yeah. Yeah, what a gift. Even, you know, the, so that whole trip just could have been for that one guy. And, yeah. And it's yeah. and in one God's lo- economy, the one lost sheep. Yeah. It's worth it. And that's, and, you know, that that's Grace's openness and obedience to the Holy Spirit, because that, that, that's inspired. I mean, that's, you know, no one sits around and goes, I know what I want to do. I'm going to go, uh, yeah. you know, hang plan out that in the inner out city. Of, like, plan that out ahead of time. Yeah, and you so, can't plan and, that. And so, Tom, you, like, you're, you know, you said, like, what, 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 what were they doing or what, how did they respond to Jesus? Well, we kind of know because, right, because almost, almost 50, almost uh, uh, 50 days later after this or so, yeah. right, where are they? They're still locked in the room. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. they, you know, they got yeah, a, they got a brief out of boy from Jesus and, okay, they were yeah. excited and then, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. they, they still hung out. Uh, but, again, the Holy Spirit, mm. as promised, you know, comes upon them. And, of course, then they, then, 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 then they become inspired. So I think that's an important point, you know. Um, those programs, Rob, that Grace was through. I mean, they 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 prepare you, and the preparing is not, you know, well, here's our technique or here's the strategy. It's it's a preparation of of faith. It's a preparation of prayer that you've got to be prayed up and you've got to be 
Uh, and I think you said it, trust is the, is the key thing. You know, you've got to trust that, you know, God's not going to lead you astray and you'll get the words and y- you'll you'll be the instrument to touch whatever heart you're supposed to touch. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not an easy thing to do. And I think sometimes young people are even better at that <laughs> than yeah. we are. You know, I'm looking, um, I, I see all of our listeners keeping your prayers by the time we get this gospel on Sunday, I'll have been um, spending the, the weekend with, um, with uh, 60 young adults from our diocese here that are, and these are 21 to 35 year olds. You know, so yes, young enough to be our children <laughs> yeah. um, here, uh, gentlemen. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, and it's it's just it's exciting. Um, it's scary as well because you know the world that our young people are growing up a little bit different than the world that uh, that we're growing up in. Um, and that's uh, but there's such energy there, and there's such excitement, and and there's such um, an eagerness for the faith and an eagerness to to know God's will when you talk to to young adults like that. So it's encouraging. It's encouraging for our church and for our faith to see young people that are like that, that are fired up, you know, um, be it teenage or young adult, that are that are open and they really want to, you know, make a difference. And more importantly, they want to be faithful. Yes. That's the key thing. They want to be faithful. That's a, it's a, it's a beautiful gift. And they want to be in community. Yeah. Right, right. So right. this, yep, this yep. weekend right. is going to be the, a, 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 an experience of community for these 60 folks, just like it was, you know, for Grace and the, and the teens, that, that community living. And earlier this week, I had a a call with the founder of uh, uh, CYP, Catholic, or YC. Young Professionals. Young, young YPC. Young, yeah. prof- it's, it's, the three words are young, <laughs> professional, and Catholic. I'm not sure what order they're in. <laughs> but this woman is so on fire, and she started a chapter, I think in Dallas was the first one, and then they, they've launched 20, 20 other chapters in different cities. So, you know, this might be the, the birth of a, of a Harrisburg chapter, we can, we, we can connect them, but their three core tenets are conversion, community, call to action. So in all aspects of our lives, you know, we're, we're called to conversion, to invite God into every aspect, to have that community of believers with you and, you know, that are going through the same things. And then the call to action is how do you change, how do you uh, take this into the culture that you're, you're working in, living in? You know, participating in recreational activities, and uh, so that's awesome, Tom. Thank you for for being there to to uh, to be a, a spiritual guide and mentor for for these young adults. Yeah, and again, I think the the thing that's most impressive to me is that how effective uh, young people or older people can be when they are in a community, when they support each other, and when they move in that direction. Because a lot of times, you know, like we're t- we're told to go out and evangelize. You know, as a lay Dominican, I'm supposed to go out and preach, but we do that in community. We do that because we support each other. It's not something. And then when we go out into our li- our life, then you know we're supposed to be preaching by our presence, which is not always not always something I'm good at. So, and the one thing that when you have that community, what you, what usually happens is joy is is yeah. present. Yeah. So then when you're together and you're you're experiencing the joy of the Lord, and then you go out and serve together, that just that joy. Yeah. It's contagious. That's evangelization that's, right there. That's, that's the people thing. see that. It's like, why are you yeah. so happy, right? So from us here at Stewardship to all of you, we wish you the joy of resurrection today and always. Have a great rest of your week. God bless you all. Bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or 
how to start a gospel reflection group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.